Hello and welcome to another episode of Soul Care with me, Angie Fatal, and my two sidekicks you may hear in the background. There is Artichoke and Pepper. You will periodically hear them scratching themselves or barking at people walking by. Hopefully, it's less of the barking and also less of the scratching. Anyway, I want to start this episode just thanking everybody who is listening, who's shared it, who's talked about it, who's reached out to me and thanked me. It means a lot to me. And I think I've said that before, but I probably can't say it enough. This this was a huge undertaking for me. Um, I, If you've listened to the podcast, you've heard the advertisement. And the advertisement is the truth. I am an avid listener of podcasts. Um, I have gotten into some, gotten really excited about them. And also just kind of been overwhelmed at the amount of male voices on so many podcasts. And I know that there are women making podcasts too. That is for sure. But... um the podcasts that I seem to gravitate towards are podcasts where people are talking about emotional intelligence, having in-depth interviews, not shying away from vulnerability. And the ones that I was finding tended to be mainly done by men with probably a female sidekick. And I just got tired Um, of listening to those. And it doesn't mean that I never will again. But right now, um, I'm trying to fill up my podcast listening with podcasts that um, really reflect the things that I'm interested in, but also not so overwhelmingly around political things, because that can tend to be a lot like watching the news. So I try to you know, mix it up. Um, I listened to one that I highly recommend. Um, It's called All My Relations. It's an indigenous podcast to indigenous women talk about lots of different things. They talk about blood quantum, they talk about um, indigenous art and it's a really good podcast. I highly recommend it. There's so many more that I could recommend, um, but I'm not going to do that. But I wanted to start this just by just by telling you how much I appreciate it, because I am talking about things that I am passionate about and talking about things that I tend to talk about with friends and loved ones I do fill up most of my days talking about emotional intelligence and talking about shame and guilt and boundaries and the Enneagram and ways of being in the world that are reflective and, you know, building awareness. So when other people tell me that those things are important to them as well, it's encouraging It's always good to be reminded that we're not alone in the world, that we're not alone in our struggles, that we're not alone in our trauma. 
we're not alone in our pain, but also in our successes. That's one of the things that I loved about the podcast with Liz Dyer, because she talks about what building that community, the real mama bears um, on Facebook has done. It's not just about sharing their pains. They definitely do that. But they also share the successes and the wins in the LGBTQ community and what that means for their children. And they also share the projects that they're working on. And when we share those things, it's like a wildfire. It's like a wildfire of good change in the world. And the more we can share those things, I think the better the world is. So anyway... Um, what I wanted to talk about today, there's so many things that I want to talk about. I've been sick. And whenever I'm sick, it kind of, I'm trying to say this in a way that makes sense for people. Maybe it, maybe I'm overthinking it, which, um, Kathy Escobar (laughs) gave me a magnet for Christmas that says something like, okay, I'm going to start overthinking about that now. (laughs) Just laughed out loud because I do that. I am overthinking while I'm thinking and while I'm talking. So anyway, I'll try not to overthink for all of you. Because also when I overthink, my brain gets 10 miles ahead of, or my mouth gets 10 miles ahead of my brain. Anyway, um, when I get sick it has a tendency to kind of knock me into this place of hearing the lines over and over again of I'm not doing enough. I'm failing. And I've talked about this probably ad nauseum on this podcast. But that was also my intention for the new year was to pay attention to that gripping that I do and the not enough. And it is very interesting that it is pretty much the first, you know, full week of New Year's, the new year, and I got sick, which then hyper-focuses me on the negative self-talk. And also, in the physical, I'm trying to learn to take care of myself, which was not a high value in my family which, you know, the value of self-awareness to know what your body needs. So there's so many things going on in me. How do I take care of myself? Let's not do what we've done in the past and ignore the signs that you're getting sick, hoping that you'll get better, and then you're out for two weeks. So there's things going on on multiple levels for me of actually physically being unwell. How do I take care of myself? How do I allow myself to be sick? Because we're going to be sick regardless of if I want to or not. And I can either participate in it and let my body rest and give my body what it needs or I can fight it and end up being sicker longer. So that's going on. Also, because I'm not able to do, which is a problem for me, um it exacerbates those feelings of inadequacy and not being enough, which then means on some level, so there's two things now, there is the physical that I need to take care of, there is the actual 
me not being able to do, which feeds that, you know, tape going over and over on repeat in my head. And then there is also, you know, wanting to start the new year fresh and focused and applying myself and doing all the things and now I'm sick and so I'm not even thinking about my intention. Okay, so here we are. All of those things are true. All of those things are happening in me. All of those things I'm looking at and trying to pay attention to. And it's not lost on me that as I'm talking to you, I'm realizing that, of course, of course I'm going to get sick. There are some intense things that I willingly and gladly did towards my healing over the Christmas holiday time. I spent a lot of energy doing some work around acknowledging my child self and honoring that self and going back to places um, that were significant, both positive and negative in my childhood and honoring, doing a ritual basically uh, that I kind of made up with somebody else to go to these certain spots. I went to the house I grew up in. I went to a park that held really positive things for me and very negative things for me. Went to another park that, um, I mean, it blows my mind now that I walked to in first grade alone and played in a creek and caught crawdads. And it was probably a half a mile from my house. Different times, also different parents. There's my dog. And what I'm trying to do, so that was intense in such a positive way. Holding space for myself and basically I made these tiny little um, arrangements of nettle, not nettle, um, what is it called? It's a thistle that isn't sharp with some raffia and put it in these different places in the town I grew up in and basically said something at each place different. Like, you know, at the creek where I was alone, I realized that I had a profound love of nature revealed in that place and wonder and the freedom to explore it, even though that freedom probably should have been guarded a little bit by the adults in my life and I was able to throw the thistle bow that I made into the creek and basically honor that child and thank her for keeping her love of nature alive and surviving and not only surviving but risking and looking at the hard things and um, it was beautiful but I realized after that a couple weeks after that and I wouldn't say it was like even obvious 
I was so tired. And yeah, you're tired after Christmas because you do all the social things and you have all the interactions. But I was like, Angie, you spend all of this time talking to people about how doing hard things, even if they don't feel hard, even if you can contain a lot of hardness and um, engage in difficult things relatively unscathed, it's taxing on your body. But we're all learning and growing, and sometimes I have to take my own advice. And I would say probably more often than not, I have to take my own advice and take it again and again and again and again because it was profoundly healing to do that ritual and honoring of my child self but it took something out of me and I didn't acknowledge it so of course I'm fatigued physically and emotionally and so so I say that to say that there's lots of things going on. And I also say that so that you understand that, if you don't understand this already, I'm not assuming that you don't, that so many things about ourselves, even if we are paying attention and we're building awareness, we still don't see the full picture all the time. Just like people that we love, sometimes we see the obvious things that they don't see. But then, you know, we're going, hey, can't you see this? This is, you know, this is the amazing thing that you did or whatever. And then the obvious pain that they're in, sometimes we don't see because we're consumed by our own thing. What what I'm realizing in this I kind of indicated this when I talked about intention. And if you haven't listened to that podcast, I suggest that you go back and listen to it because it will help clarify what I'm talking about. I do not do New Year's resolutions because for me, those are a setup to failure and also very guilt-inducing or shame-triggering. I do intentions And I think what I'm realizing about intentions is they are more like muscle building. And when you are building muscle, it takes time, it takes energy, it takes proper nutrition, it takes rest, it takes awareness, and it takes perseverance. And if I get bogged down in what I'm not doing right, then it kind of knocks me off my goal. Or I had this interesting conversation with my dad this morning. And he was, I was telling him I was sick. That's why I hadn't called him. I'm sure no guilt was intended. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Anyway, that's a whole other podcast. Um, (laughs) He probably is not even aware that when he says, how is one supposed to get a hold of you? It is loaded. Anyway, um, we were talking. I just said, yeah, I'm sick and blah, blah, blah. And he said, um, oh, so you're going to go on a long walk today? And I was like, no, I think I've learned that I can't jog myself 
or walk myself out of sickness and I try to rest now. And, and he used to run marathons and he said, that's one thing that I learned running when I was running is you don't run when you're sick and you don't run when you have a pain. You rest because you will exacerbate it. And I think it applies. Yes, it's a running analogy, so it's sort of sports related, but it's around the muscle building. Because if I, so if I use my example of intention of trying to not grip so tightly, to realize that there is enough time, there is enough energy, there is enough space, there is enough to go around, by just saying it, doesn't change anything. It helps. I'm acknowledging that I have this issue with there not being enough, which ties in, like I said in the in the podcast right before New Year's, which ties into me not being enough. That mantra that I've carried since childhood, that I am not enough. It's all intertwined. So that awareness that I want to build, that awareness around letting go, loosening my grip, is not going to happen overnight. It's, it's a long training. It's like when I was training for a half marathon and I ran through an injury and when I got to 12 miles, I had to stop, which was not very fun um, because I pushed myself. And and it's learning, I think it's the same, you're learning your emotional mechanisms and tells of when you can do something, tells meaning like, you know, in a car, I don't know anything about this, but I've heard like people have tells when they're lying or when they're playing cards and they're bluffing. So you have tells when you are fatigued and you should rest or when you need to pursue something that you're working on emotionally. You have tells that only you can learn to read. I mean, your family can too, the people that you're closest to, but it it takes you understanding yourself. So I have tells that my body is trying to get me to understand that, that are telling me we're going to work on this. It's okay to take a break. You haven't failed because you got sick. That may sound obvious to you, but somebody that comes from the family that I come from that was so focused on not being sick, you know, if you come from people like I come from on my dad's side that, you know, worked in North Dakota and you can't afford to be sick, because your family is depending on you working or now if you're in this situation you know that sometimes all you can do is talk yourself out of being sick but the long-term damage of that is extreme so what I'm trying to say is in a way for me if I think about A New Year's resolution, it's simpler because I already know I'm going to sabotage myself. I'm just going to be like, yeah, I'm not doing that. 
you know, I'm going to guilt myself, I'm going to shame myself, and then I'm going to just say fuck you and be done with whatever New Year's resolution that I had set up for myself. I know because of the container that I'm building within myself that I will not do that with an intention because it's looser and there's more air to it. So in some ways, it's more difficult because I'm holding space for myself, which is going to be weeks without even thinking about it. And then I'm going to go back to that gripping and then I'm going to have to be aware and kind of talk to myself and go, okay, what, what are you feeling here? Where are you feeling it in your body? What's going on? You know, I have to, it's the practice of paying attention that is the hard thing, but the life changing thing. So again, it's multi-layered. It's lots of emotions at the same time, which I've taught myself to hold and not freak out, but it is also learning to take a break. It's learning my inner tells that say, okay, not everything has to be hard. Sometimes you learn... (laughs) I'm saying this and then I'm like, I probably don't really believe this, but I want to believe it. (laughs) You do learn, you can learn more in joy and in play than something being a drudgery. So I have to kind of learn the ebb and flow of what I need. And I also have to acknowledge that the things that I tell other people, I also have to practice for myself that I have got to build an awareness around the physical toll that emotional awareness sometimes brings me. And that's hard to do because I am somebody that has built such... I have built or been built, maybe that's a better way to put it, to contain so much hard stuff that it becomes normal and maybe you are that person that you can take a lot and I've said this before in um, an IGTV and I think I've said it in one of my earlier podcasts I think I said it maybe in the first holiday tips and tricks just because I can hold something just because I can endure something doesn't mean that I should. Now I want you to hear that. Just because you can hold something, just because you can endure something, doesn't mean necessarily that you should. Now that doesn't mean that things are going to be smooth sailing, that internal and emotional work is pain-free or not hard. We all know that that's not true and nobody selling that bullshit is going to be believed. But just because we were raised to hold an intense amount of pain and other people's bullshit and other people's hatred or anger or rage does not mean that we necessarily should. So what does it mean then? 
What does it mean for you and for me? I can't speak for you. I don't know what your intention was, maybe, or is for the new year. Maybe you're still thinking about it. And I think that's great. Maybe you don't want an intention, and that's fine too. For me, it means part of me being enough, part of there being enough time, enough resources, enough to go around, means that I'm listening to my body. When my body says, you're tired, when my body says, you need physical exercise, like, for instance, um, over the holidays, um, you know, whenever you're with family and you're busy, it's harder to do the things that you know help your mental health. But there were a couple times that I went out on a walk and I came home and I had the awareness to be like, oh my gosh, I feel so much better. It's like a heavy weight had lifted. And I know that about myself, but sometimes I forget. And when it's hard to get outside, you know, because it's nasty outside right now. It's windy, super windy and rainy and cold. But I got outside and walked and I felt like a new person. So that is part of my routine. But it's paying attention to those things that, one, give us life. And those things may be different the season that you're in. You have to listen to the tells again. What are your tells? I have to pay attention that when I walk and when I get outside, I feel like a different person most of the time. I know that drinking water is really important to me. I feel better when I drink a certain amount of water. When I don't, I don't feel as good. Sleep is really important, and because I'm a woman of a certain age, um, sometimes it doesn't matter if I go to bed early, sleep does not come. So I do what I can to get the sleep that I need and to get the things that I need. So there are things in the physical, but there are also things in the emotional. If you have access to therapy, by God, go and get therapy. Find a good therapist that can help you move through whatever your intention is for the new year or whatever you're looking at that's difficult to look at. Don't do it alone if you have people that can help you. I am a trained person that can help you move through difficult things. I have my own things that I am working through And we learn from each other and I can help you on the road to more awareness. If you have group therapy that you have access to or a group that you know, I can be completely honest in this group and vulnerable and I will not be judged. Maybe it's not a therapeutic group, but it's a therapeutic group in the sense that you can be fully honest and everybody in that group can hold that space for you and for each other. You don't have to do this hard work alone. I don't do it alone. I don't think I could do it alone. It's too much. It's too heavy. And it's not just 
heavy for people with trauma. It's heavy for people with any kind of, any human, it's difficult for. It's different, but it's it's difficult for everybody trying to move to more, more mind, body, spirit connection, connection to themselves, connection to the world, connection to something greater than themselves, all of the things that we're trying to do to live in the world better, to, to be better people for each other and for ourselves and for our planet, it's hard to do that work alone. Also, being kind to yourself. I think on some level we are afraid that we're, um, what's the word I'm looking for? That we are cheating that we are um, somehow procrastinating and going to phone it in. And maybe there's an element to that, but I learned something yesterday that there's a reason why even people procrastinate. There's something that they're trying, there's some kind of pain that they're trying to protect themselves from. So in reality, it is a kindness. So if we pay attention even to our procrastination... There is a kindness there that can be acknowledged and that we can work through. But when we just are like, you dipshit, you did it again, you self-sabotaged, you procrastinated, you failed, you're worthless. All of those things that we say to ourselves, you're a loser. That does not encourage us forward. That keeps us locked in the shame that we are already in when we approach ourselves with as much loving kindness as we can do, even if it is a tiny bit, where you catch yourself calling yourself a failure. And you go, no, 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 I'm not that. Maybe you can't yet call yourself what you actually are. Beautiful. Worth loving. Successful. all of the words that you didn't hear as a child, or maybe you heard them as a child, but something else, you know, eroded your confidence. Maybe you picked up trauma along the way that you're still trying to make sense of and heal from. Whatever Whatever stage you're in, if you can approach yourself with the barest minimum of loving kindness, it gives yourself a safer place to jump off from. Remember what I've said before. You need to be the soft place for yourself to land. And this is another one of those examples. When we can look at ourselves and go, okay, I can't yet say I'm successful, but I'm not going to call myself a failure anymore. I'm just going to say, I'm not that. I'm going to call myself out every time I go into that, that tape that's played. So for me, when I started looking at I am not enough, all I could do was counter with I am enough. I am enough. And then it's branched out to what I sometimes or most of the time say on here, I am worth loving. I am worth knowing. I am worth being in this world. 
I use, I, I say this all the time, I use my own mantras. They're not just for you. I mean, I'd like to say I don't need them, but that would be a lie. I need them as much as you do. Often I have to remind myself I am in my body. I am of my body. I am with my body. I am in my body. I am of my body. I am with my body. I am enough. I am enough. I am more than enough. Because all I have in reality is me. All I have to move forward and to release the control that I think that I have is me. Yes, people help me along the way. And like I said, we need, we need, we need our own team to encourage us. We need our own team to say, you got this. We need our own team to say, you're worth it. I love you. You have nothing to be ashamed of. We need our own team. But ultimately, inside of us is where the change is going to happen. And the change is us making tiny little increments of loving kindness, loving gestures towards ourselves to say, oh, I moved from I'm not a failure to I am successful. Look at what I did. So I'm going to leave you with one of the changes that I've been making. So I talked about all of the things that I'm holding and all of the things that I'm feeling. One of the things that I'm trying to do is when somebody points out something I did that changed them, that helped them, I am saying inside myself, Angie, do you hear this? You helped them. Do not ignore this moment. You did this. And be proud of yourself because you did this. You did this. Acknowledge it. Are you listening? (laughs) And sometimes, I mean, the person has no idea I'm doing this. I'm going inside myself while I'm listening to them. I, I say, are you listening? Remember this moment. Because there is so much that I've been given that has taken a hold that is negative that I am constantly having to reframe the way I hear things. I'm constantly having to reorganize inside myself to shift and change the neural pathways that have been developed around guilt and shame to develop something different. And we can do it. We are worth doing it. I don't I don't know where you're at. I don't know what what you've decided for this new year for yourself. But I want you to know you're not alone in the struggle. That I'm in it with you. And that's one of the reasons why I'm doing this podcast. It's like I don't want to be alone and I don't want you to ever feel alone. Loneliness is corrosive and it convinces us, again, that we're alone and we're not. There are other people out here looking at hard stuff, taking the risks, developing relationship after complete abandonment and brokenness, entering into loving kindness with themselves and with others. We're doing it together and we're trying to figure it out. 
I want to remind you, and I don't think I'm ever going to stop saying it, that you are worth knowing, you are worth loving, you are worth being in this world. You are worth knowing, you are worth loving, you are worth being in this world. And remember who you are. Take care, everybody. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thank you, everybody, for listening. If you like what you hear, please like, share, subscribe, give it five stars, review it. I would love to hear what you're thinking. Follow me on all the social media platforms. I'm on Instagram at soulcareangiefatal. And I have a website, angiefatal.com. I like interacting with people. Also, keep in mind that I have upcoming workshops. I will be in Texas at the end of March, beginning of April. And I will be in Virginia, Charlottesville, Virginia, at the end of April to do archery workshops and labyrinth workshops, all based in the stuff that I talk about on here, mindfulness and meditation. Um, I am doing those same workshops all over the Portland area. I have a Pal O'Mine archery workshop coming up on February 12th. I have a Galentine's archery workshop on that Thursday, which I think is the 13th. And that's the Galentine's is in honor of Leslie Nope and Fems, hanging out with Fems. And the pals is for everybody. Pals hanging out with pals, doing something that will leave you feeling powerful and integrated in your body. And then I have a Valentine's Day archery workshop, which is for anybody who is together or wanting to be together with somebody. So why not do something different for yourself and have a different kind of Valentine's experience? One where you laugh and feel empowered at the same time. Thank you again for listening. I appreciate it. Take care.